It's MED Monday! Today, showdown value and aggressively playing draws. Everybody studies on Monday, so welcome to the 43rd and Minimum Effective Dose Monday episode. Today's article comes to us from dandbpoker.com once again, and this is actually part two of uh, Steve Belay's article series all about playing draws. We uh, we first talked about part one in MED Monday episode number 35, so you can go back and listen to that one. Really good stuff. Well, Today's article, uh, it's part two of it, and in this article, he's going to help us decide whether or not to play a, gr- a draw aggressively or passively based on the showdown value of our hand on the flop. So I'm going to read the entire article for you, and then I'm going to give you two things. The first is the minimum effective dose idea. Now, this is the critical concept to take away and apply to your poker game and to your studies The second thing I'll give you is the minimum effective dose action. That is the one thing that you could do this week to boost your poker to the next level. Alrighty, here are some words of wisdom from Steve Blay. Gambate! You with me? So let's do this thing! Playing Draws, Part 2 In my previous article, I talked about playing draws aggressively on the flop. We decided that we should size our bets and raises so that we can maximize our fold equity. Or, in other words, we want to be the one to make the all-in bet if it comes to that. If you didn't read that yet, you should probably refer back to that first article called Playing Draws Part 1. Let's back up a step and ask ourselves this question first. Should I be playing this draw aggressively in the first place? As a poker coach, Most players I've worked with are way too one-dimensional with the draws. Some players always semi-bluff raise and check raise with their draws every time. Some players always check call with them. They want to make their draw before spending any money unnecessarily. There are also some players that jump back and forth between the two approaches, just based on how they're feeling at the moment. The correct idea is that some draws are meant to be played aggressively, and some draws are meant to be played passively. But your personality, or how you are, quote, feeling at the moment, end quote, should not be the main factors that dictate how you play your draws. So, which draws are meant to be played aggressively, and which are meant to be played passively? Now we're really getting to the good part. Let's begin by talking about playing draws from out of position. The rule of thumb is this. You want to be semi-bluff check-raising your draws on the flop, when they don't have a lot of showdown value. Example number one. Suppose you flop something like a middle pair with a flush draw. This is a great hand. There's no question about that. It has good equity against anything your opponent could be holding except a set. The majority of players would check raise with it, but this is a big mistake in my opinion. This is absolutely a check calling hand. It has too much showdown value to waste on a semi-bluff. Even if you're way behind on the flop, it has outs to make two pair or trips on the turn to win. In the long run, you'll do much better by check calling the flop and then re-evaluating your options on the turn. Example number two. Even if you don't have a pair on the flop, you still generally want to check call with your ace high draws because even they have some showdown value. Suppose you have ace nine suited and flop the nut flush draw, but no pair. 
This is also most valuable as a check calling hand. It does have some showdown value because ace high occasionally wins. And regardless of the flop, you have an overcard. So an ace on the turn can also make you the best hand. So we've looked at two examples of quality draws that surprisingly should be played rather passively. So then, what hands do you play aggressively with? Here are two good examples of those. Example number three. Suppose you play eight of spades, seven of spades, and flop a straight flush draw with no pair. Let's say the flop is ace of hearts, ten of spades, nine of spades. You obviously don't mind all the chips going in, because you are at worst a coin flip against anything but a set. And, here's the important part, you don't have any showdown value yet. Not only can you not show this hand down, but you have no chance of winning the showdown without making your draw. Note that in examples 1 and 2, that was not the case. They both had chances to win the showdown even if they missed their draw. Example number 4. Suppose you have 8 of spades, 7 of spades again, but this time you just flop a flush draw, not a straight flush draw. Say the board is queen of spades, 10 of spades, 3 of hearts. You want to check raise with this one too, because again, you have no showdown value. No pair, no overcards, and no chance to win without making your draw. Now about check raise sizing. In example 4, you might even size your check raise a little larger, because you ideally want to end the hand right there, and avoid having to make your draw. That factor is not as compelling with the straight flush draw in example 3, because you have good equity regardless of what your opponent has. You still ideally want to win the hand right then, but you don't really mind if he wants to play for stacks. So there you have it! Play more passively with your draws that have showdown potential, even when they miss. Play more aggressively with your draws that have no showdown value without completing the draw. By the way, this approach has its roots in game theory. If time permits, I'll go into that in a future article. In my next article, we will look at an exception to the rule, what I call a mega monster draw. We'll also take a high level look at proper range balancing on the flop as it applies to semi-bluffing. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> but sorry about your car, man. Oh yeah, I really like that article. That was really good stuff. It, that totally is a great way to kind of gauge whether or not you should be getting aggressive or stay passive with that draw of yours. But there is one thing that Steve did not mention that I want to relay to you here. Because you're semi-bluffing, part of the reason it's, it's a valuable play is that you have fold equity with it, right? You want to have a reasonable assumption that your opponent is going to fold here. So you want to think about their preflop range and how well it inter interacts with the board. You also want to consider how sticky they are to a pot once they enter it and see the flop, the turn, and the river, right? Uh, another thing, take a look at their C-bet stat. If it is super high, like 70% or higher, it's very likely that they're bluffing. So it's slightly more likely that they're going to fold to your check raise or your in position raise. And one more stat to look at within your HUD. Look at their fold C-bet to a raise stat. That will tell you if they fold anything greater than 60% that, hey, your raise here, whether it's in position or out of position, has a very good chance of winning. All right, so here's the MED idea. Play more passively with draws that have some showdown value. With little to no showdown value, play them aggressively.
And here's the MED action. Remember, this is the one thing that you must do this week to bring your poker to the next level. Here it is. Practice playing aggressively or passively based on the showdown value of your draw. In your next play session, consider how much showdown value your drawing hand has. Then make the play that Steve recommends. An average calling range of 12% flops some kind of draw at least 34% of the time. That means one out of every three calls you make will probably give you an opportunity to practice aggressive or passive play. Tag each drawing hand on the flop to review your play later. Thank you so very much for listening today. And of course, a big thanks to Steve Blay and dnvpoker.com for putting out such a killer article. Make sure you visit the website, sign up for their newsletter, check out all their various books and strategy articles that they got going on there. And if you want to let Steve know I sent you his way, that would be awesome. His Twitter is at Poker Training and DNB Poker, their Twitter is at DBPoker1. You can listen to this and every other MED Monday episode, including part one of Steve's article. Listen to it by going to www.smartpokerstudy.com slash Monday. Please send me those questions via email, sky at smartpokerstudy.com, and support the show by going to patreon.com slash smartpokerstudy. So until next time, apply the MED idea to the rest of your game and practice the MED action all week long.